You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. On this edition of the Gun on One podcast, imagine having a job millions would die for. That's the position my colleague and friend Scott Hansen is in as host of the NFL Red Zone. Scott tells us what his Sundays are like, and he also shares some of his globe-trotting experiences. Closer to home, I bring in another good friend, NFL reporter and insider Adam Kaplan, to give us his take on Carson Wentz and the Eagles moving forward. We go near and far to cover your football fix on this edition of the Gun on One podcast. I'm Derek Gunn. Thanks for hanging out with me each and every week. Of course, the Philadelphia Eagles broke our hearts once again. We will dig more into that a little bit later on. But right now, I have a very special guest, a very special friend who is joining me on this edition of Gun on One. You know him, you love him, you see him every Sunday. He is the host of the NFL Red Zone on the NFL Network. And, of course, uh, if you want to find out more information about how to order the NFL Red Zone, visit NFL.com forward slash Red Zone. He is the one, the only, Scott Hansen. Scott, how you doing, man? I, I'm so happy to be able to talk to you, man. D-Gun, back together again after all these years, man. Good to see you, dude. Good to see you. You know, I was just thinking, it's been 20 years since we first met. Can you believe 20 years has come and gone? And we look we look like we're barely old enough to vote. I, that, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> 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 yeah, 20 years, man. And where is the time gone? I mean, uh, so yeah, for those who don't know, Derek and I met at Comcast Sportsnet, what used to be called Comcast Sportsnet Philadelphia, yep. right after the turn of the millennium, actually. I came there right after 2000. And, you know, you've always been the man with the Eagles, always been the guy that that 
uh, I don't know if you know this, but so after I went from regional networks to, you know, NFL network, we were, you know, we're covering all 32 teams. Sure. When something would go down with the Eagles, especially, I said, go, go to Derek Gunn's social media. You go, if you want to hear what it is, see what, see what Gunner had put out there and we'll find out what's really going on with the Eagles. And it all started way back when, around the year 2000. That's back unbelievable. Back in the old Andy Reid, Donovan McNabb, they were both young puppies in the, in the day. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. You know, yeah. uh, so you get an audition for this thing called the Red Zone in 2009, correct? So yeah. you get the, yeah. so you, so you get the job and they're telling you exactly what the red zone is going to be. And what are you thinking at that point? Now, it, this is going to sound like revisionist history, like, oh, whatever. I, I literally thought that if we did the show the way that I thought we could, sure, that it would change the way people watch football. Because, like you said, when they were describing it, they're like, well... It's going gonna, it's gonna to show the early window games and the late window games. So it's going to be on for about seven hours. Jeez. There are no commercials. You've got access to every Fox and CBS game. So anything that's going on in the NFL, you can show your audience. And you're going to ping pong back and forth. You're going to be America's remote control, right? When, when I heard that, and I was like, okay, I can see us doing this. And if we can get technologically sound and, and slick, with the, with the technological side of yep. things to never miss anything. If we serve the audience that way, this is a channel I would watch as a fan. So if, if I could host it and we could execute it right, it'll change the way people watch football. And, and it's absolutely proven to be that. There's not a week that goes by that I don't hear from fans that NFL Red Zone has changed the way people watch football. Now, obviously we can't, see history or we can't see the future but did you ever think this would become so popular and such a cult following when you consider that most teams who are avid football fans are honed in basically on their own teams and whatever market they're in that's a great point and look at if there are people that are philadelphia eagles fans or fill in the blank team fans we don't ever want to impede upon a fan's enjoyment of their team you watch every snap of your Eagles or your Cowboys or your Seahawks, whatever. We You watch every snap of that. But when that team's playing in the late window, what are you doing in the early window? Mm-hmm. When that team's playing on the bye or, or is on the bye, what are you doing for your Sunday? When that team's playing Thursday night football or Monday night football or Sunday night football, what are you doing for seven hours from 1 o'clock Eastern until 8 o'clock? And the answer is if you want to see the best of the NFL in real time as it happens – you watch NFL Red Zone. And, and Gunner, if I can just take a second. Sure. And let's go back a little bit. So you and I are, are old enough to, to go back and remember that the best way back in the late 70s mm-hmm. and the early 80s, the best way to get a comprehensive look at the NFL, and this is really even before ESPN was mm-hmm. big, was to watch Howard Cosell yes. do Monday night football halftime highlights. That's remember right. Halftime That's right. Highlights? Absolutely. Okay. So I used to, my dad used to let me stay up at night to watch, to, to stay up, even though I had school night and whatever, to watch Monday night, halftime, Monday night football, halftime highlights with Howard Cosell. But that was a day after all those highlights happened, right? But it was must-see TV because you got to see what every other team was doing around the league. Who were the great young rookies coming in? Who were the stars that were blossoming before our eyes, okay? Well, then fast forward a little bit. Through the late 80s and all through the 90s, if you wanted to get the comprehensive look at the NFL, a mm-hmm. 10,000-foot view, you watched 
NFL primetime. That's right. ESPN, Chris Berman, Tom Jackson, and their whole crew giving you every awesome moment. But that was hours after the games had happened. That's right. right? So you see how we're progressing here. Monday Night Football halftime highlights a day after it happened. NFL primetime hours after it happened. NFL Red Zone is the 10,000-foot view of the most beloved sport in the country as it happens live in real time. And fans just lose their minds over it. And I think you you marry that with the proliferation of fantasy football that has just blown up kind of in 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 conjunction with the internet all throughout the 2000s. People want to know everything that's going on immediately. And and we service the audience that way. It's it's a heck of a thrill ride. I remember when you were just Scott Hansen, common man, and now you have become so large, I have to make an appointment just to talk to you. And, and it was, Mr. Hansen may have a few moments. I said, wait a minute, what's this Mr. Hansen stuff? When did this happen all of a sudden? Does he not know this is D-Gun calling him? I have gone so Hollywood, dude. It's terrible. It's, I, now I'm talking to you from Hollywood, basically. So uh, I'm not I'm surprised. Look, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's it's really just a scheduling thing. But I promise you this in front of the entire audience. When D-Gun calls, I will answer the call. And, we're, you know, we're, schedule, we're saving this clip. We're saving this. You clip this one off. Now, during football season, it's a little it's a little more difficult because sure. obviously, you know, schedules sure. are schedules and stuff. But, you know, you need me. I, I'm, I'm going to try and be there for you, Gunner. I promise. You know what? No I, big time I, here. I, I know you are, man. I just love busting your chops. But, I, I, you know, and I'm going to be honest with you. I am a big fan of yours. I always have been. And I'm not surprised you are where you are right now uh, because you are just that talented, just that smooth at everything you do. But, you know, right. I, I, I'm sure you've been asked this a hundred times, but I've got to ask you on the Gun on One podcast. Give me an idea. Uh, of what your week is like getting ready for a Sunday. And then I want, I want you to tell me what that Sunday is like. I can't imagine sitting still for seven hours, not being able to get up, use a bathroom, get up and get food or water. I mean, that's crazy, man. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a physical demand. It really is. And I'll tell you a little funny story about that because everybody loves the bathroom stuff. Yeah. And And the honest truth is I have taken one bathroom break in the last – seven or eight years. That's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So I, when I, when I lock in, when you hear me talking, you see me on camera at the very beginning of the show at one o'clock Eastern, I am not going to the bathroom until I sign off and the touchdown montage is over. So I dehydrate myself is the real story. I, I, I eat the same. We have a cafeteria at NFL network and they make the same dense protein, salty breakfast for me so I can retain water. And I eat that about, eat that about three, three and a half hours before the show. And then I cut off. There is no more intake on anything. Three and a half hours before the show. No water, no nothing. You know, use the facilities two, three times before the show begins. And then it's willpower the rest of the way. So I was interviewing uh, Roger Goodell one time during the off season, the commissioner came out from New York. He was here in Los Angeles where NFL media is headquartered and we were doing a state of the union address, right? Whatever. So I was interviewing him one-on-one and we're in the makeup room, getting our makeup on before the interview starts. And he's like, Scott, I got to ask you, you know, when do you, when do you take a pee during red zone? Cause he walks when, when he's not at a game, the commissioner watches at his house. Cause you know, he wants to see everything that's going on in the NFL. Sure. So I said, Bell Roger. And I told him what I told you. I dehydrate myself. Blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And he looks back at me and he goes, you're not going to be able to do that when you're my age. 
<laughs> and I said, I said, Kamish, I can only hope medical science catches up with real physiology in time for, for you know, to uh, to help me out with a little boost there but yeah i i uh i'm able to do it with the, with the bathroom break but th- that's a whole different thing i'm used to it by now the, the preparation which you asked about is really yeah. intense because so let's say i've got on an average sunday i'm studying for 11 or 12 games right roughly it can be 10 it can be you know 14 but uh, you know 11 or 12 is the average well i don't know which of those games is going to come down to the fantastic finish mm-hmm. or the controversial call by the officials or the, the decision or a decision by the coach or whatever it is. But I guarantee you that two, three, four of those are going to have that in there. Yeah. So I got to study all of them and I have a great research team. We have a great research team here at NFL media uh, these the analytics people and everything, and they send me a send me a packet every Tuesday. I get a packet during the season. It recaps everything from the week before, and then it looks ahead to anything that we think could be a storyline or a milestone or a or a you know a statistical consideration to watch. And so I I, I gotta not memorize it, but I read that thing and I gotta saturate my mind with everything that's going on. And, and I didn't know you were going to ask this, but so like I pared down everything myself wow. to uh, spreadsheets and things where I, I, I do all these numbers and, and facts and then I circle them and, and do all this so that it's in my mind because when I'm calling the game live, I might not have time to look at the notes. I might have to know, okay, yeah, it's Carson Wentz that he, he has seven interceptions coming into today and that's his eighth interception. He hasn't thrown eight interceptions since his rookie year. He had thrown seven for four straight years and now this, and you just got to have that in your mind so that you can recall it and then inform the audience as it goes. It's a heck of a challenge. And look, I'm not perfect. I'm, I make all kinds of mistakes. Not, right. Well, Maybe not, maybe not all kinds, but what I'm trying to do is to mix sports metaphors. I want my free throw percentage yep. to be 98, 99%. Okay. Right? All right. Like I'm not going to hit every one of them. That's a good analogy. I'm going to, I'm going to try and be, I'm going to try and be as perfect as possible. And if I can get up into that 98, 99 or higher percentile, then I feel pretty good about how we do, how so, I've done. So during the course of a seven-hour time span, how many people do you have talking in your ear at any given time? Yeah, okay. So uh, I've got my my IFB in, for yep. those who don't know, that's the earpiece, right? I got the earpiece in. And my producer is talking to me. The director can talk to me. Anyone on staff can talk to me. And we've got a staff of about... 20 or 30 different people that are doing all kinds of various jobs behind the scenes. Yep. But primarily it's my producer talking in my ear. Okay. And, and I think it's interesting because it's, it's a little bit like the, the coach to quarterback communication system, right? Like if we're on the Seahawks game yep. and they're like, okay, Seahawks are third and eight right here from midfield. If they get the first down, we'll stay with Seattle. If they don't, they're going to punt. So we'll we'll go back over to the Falcons game because they're just outside the red zone. But keep an eye on the Packers because, remember, they're in a commercial timeout. When they come out of commercial, they're first and goal from the five. 
So in other words, I get that information in there and Man. then that's the coach giving me three plays. Okay. Well, I get to the line of scrimmage, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. Did Seattle get the first down? No, they didn't. So Russell Wilson, incomplete pass. Seattle's going to have to punt. Let's go. Let's go to Atlanta where they're just outside the red zone. Oh, oh, guys, guys, hold on. The Green Bay Packers are just out of commercial break. First and goal from the five. Let's watch Aaron Rodgers. That's crazy. So you got to roll with it live. So they're constantly talking to me and my producers are fantastic. They're, they're talking to me, but I've got to go and execute it in real time. And so for those who watch NFL Red Zone, if you ever hear me say, hey, guys, 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 can, can we go to Detroit right now? Right. Guys, guys, we got to go back to the we got to go back to the Dolphins game here that like you're seeing the show produced in real time. You know, not many people can say this, but you have a job that most Americans in this country would kill to have. What is that like for you? to basically live a dream. And in a lot of cases, you never even had an idea that you would be in this position at this time of your life. Yeah. Gunner, if, if you go back in a time machine yeah. and tell 10 year old Scott Hansen yeah. that someday there would be a channel that showed every touchdown from every game, yeah. no commercials, all of the best moments from the NFL if you would have told 10-year-old Scott Hansen that, I would have passed out from excitement that it existed. Not that I would be the face and the voice and the host of it, but that a, that a channel like that would be available to a football junkie like me. I would, I would, I would freak out about it. And and to to be, you know, the 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 quarterback or the guy that you know gets all the credit for yeah, you know yeah. the show being great and stuff. It, it is it's it's a blessing. It's humbling. It's a challenge. Um, it's why I will spend hours and hours and hours this upcoming week studying and memorizing all this stuff because I want to serve the football mm -hmm. fans of of the United States. And we're actually global. We're seen in the UK. We're seen in Absolutely. Asia, South America. We're all over. Um, I, I want to serve the football audience as best I can. I believe in doing unto others as I would have them do mm -hmm. unto me. If I was a fan watching the show, I would want the host to be as on point, as enthusiastic, as energetic, as prepared as, as they possibly could be. And that's what I want to give to our audience because it is a, it's, it's an amazing, humbling blessing uh, to be. The, the host and the face of, of NFL Red Zone. There is another side of Scott Hansen that I love. You don't know this, but I used to travel vicariously through you. At one point, well, I, I would look up. You were in the Himalaya Mountains. The next <laughs> moment, you're running with the bulls. Then you're swimming in the Amazon. I'm like, is this guy going through a midlife crisis or what? And, and the thing is, the, the thing is, you did all of this on your own. I would never travel outside of the country by myself because I'm always really? thinking, no, I'm thinking, what if you got injured? You'd always like to have a buddy who could help you out. Uh, you know, what if yeah. you got robbed or something like that? But, but I mean, I tell you, first of all, why do you travel so much by yourself? Yeah, well, a I'm single and yeah. I have some discretionary income, so I, I am I take a counsel of one when I say, hey, right. I want to go down to the Amazon in, in Brazil, or yeah. I want to, you know, I, I want to go hiking in the middle of China or wherever. Yeah. So I, I got bit by the adventure bug. Yeah. Um, back when I was a kid, actually, um, you, you know, Mitch album, right? Yeah, the sure. Author. Absolutely. So he made his name as a sports writer in Detroit where I grew up. So I used to read Mitch album, every, his column, every, it was must. Right. I was in high school and he went running with the bulls in Pamplona, Spain. Okay. 
So I was like a junior in high school and I read his column about his adventure of doing that. And I said, that that's the coolest thing I've ever heard of. Like if I would ever <laughs> grow up and I could, I could have the time and the money and the freedom to go and do something like that, I'm going to go do it. And so when I, I, I never did anything like that through college because I played college football and I didn't yep. want to blow out my knee or, you know, get wrecked by some, you know, skiing or hiking or, or whatever else, you know, have an accident. Right. But when I got to be an adult and I was still single, I'm like, well, I don't have a wife and kids to worry about. So I'm going to go do this. And the first one was running with the Bulls and it was fantastic. And I bumped into Mitch Album at the Super Bowl a year or two later. Wow. And I said, I told Mitch that story and he kind of laughed. He was like, wow, I didn't know I influenced you like that. But <laughs> Uh, yeah. So then it's morphed into, yeah. I mean, you know, gosh, I've done, yeah, I've done some wild stuff, like flown in a fighter, a Russian fighter jet. I did that. I, I did uh, swimming in the Amazon jungle and the Amazon river. That was, that was kind of a thrill uh, hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in, in, in Africa, going to the, to the highest point in Africa. Um, there's some fun, there were some fun ones, but I also, I, I would just say this real quick. Yeah, I don't just do this just for the thrills. I usually try and take two weeks in the summer when the right. NFL players are on vacation and I'll take the first week and whatever country I picked out to go have an adventure in. I like to go serve there. Like my, my faith, I'm a Christian and my yep. faith is very important to me. And I, and I like to partner up with a Christian ministry in wherever, India or the Philippines or, you know, down in Brazil or Peru or Haiti or wherever and and help out whatever meet whatever needs there are in that particular place. And then in the second week, I'll go get nutty with my 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 adrenaline rush adventures wherever I'm at. You so. live an you live an incredible life, my friend. So you've done so much. All right, real quick, because I know you're short on time. Uh, tell me one place that you really want to get to that you haven't gotten to yet. Oof! Oh man! So I've been to six of the seven continents. Okay. And Antarctica is the only continent that. I, I haven't been to. And don't, do thought, don't do it. Don't do it. I kind of thought, so I'm 49 years old. Right. So next year, maybe for my 50th birthday, I'll fly down to South, South, what is it? Argentina or Chile yeah. and get on a boat and go and get into the, the frozen tundra of the Antarctica. And I'll go, I'll go write my name in the snow and then uh, <laughs> and come back and say, you know what? I've done all seven continents. I'm good. That's, that's probably one that's on there, but I, I don't know. I don't know who I could serve down there. Maybe some emperor penguins or something. <laughs> keep their wings patched up. But, um, <laughs> but, oh but that would be, that would be fun to say I've been all over the globe. Once I get down there, ladies and gentlemen, he is the one, he is the only Scott Hansen, the host of the extremely popular uh, NFL Network Red Zone. And, of course, if you want to find out more how to order the NFL Red Zone, all you have to do is visit nfl.com forward slash Red Zone. He is an incredible individual. He is my colleague, and more importantly, he is my my friend. I love you dearly, man, and I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk to D-Gun on the Gun on One podcast, man. Wishing you much success continued in your future endeavors. D-Gun, you just made my day, man. So great to see you, hear your voice again, and, and we, will, we will do it again. And I hope my guy doesn't call me Mr. Hanson next time. <laughs> <laughs> great oh, to see you. Likewise. Be well, my brother. You too.
All right, so as we continue on this edition of Gun on the podcast, we bring it in a little bit closer to home, and I bring in another good friend of mine, a man I've had the privilege of knowing for a long time. Of course, he is a longtime NFL veteran reporter, insider. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram, at Kaplan NFL. He is the one, the only, Adam Kaplan. Mr. Kaplan, how are you today, sir? Good to talk to you, my friend. Yeah, I'm uh, Yeah, I'm good, man. It's uh you know, each week is an adventure for us who cover the National Football League with uh, what we're dealing with in a country. So you never know where what's going to happen and what's going to happen and not happen. But I'm, I'm just glad that I uh, hope you're healthy and your family's healthy. I'm glad my, my family is healthy. My mom, uh, you know, God bless her in her 90s now is doing great. And uh, you know, every day provides another challenge. So I'm glad that we're here. Wow, that's that's awesome, man. Um, you know, you, you you bring up the COVID situation, and number one, I'm shocked that the NFL season started on time, uh, but now we're starting to see COVID start to trickle in and affect a lot of the scheduling with teams, uh, the Patriots, the Titans, so on and so forth. Do you think we will get to a point now that we're upon the flu season coupled in with this COVID thing that we could possibly see a work stoppage before the season is over? I doubt it. Uh, I've said since June that the season will happen. I didn't know when it would start. I wasn't totally sure it would start on time. Uh, there was a have with someone who works in, in the National Football League high up. Uh, and, you know, this guy told me in June, he said, look, we're going to have a season. And if we have several outbreaks, this is why we're going to have expanded rosters. Now, we didn't know then that there would be 16 uh, practice squad players and how big the rosters would be. But thankfully, the NFL and NFLPA agreed. As you know, Eric, they don't agree on everything. There's a lot they no. disagree on. But they agreed on the expanded practice squad, and uh, we're going to see a situation with the Titans if they play the game Tuesday that they're going that they're going to be short a lot of players. That's the problem with so many players having COVID. They've got like five or six starters that are not going to be able to play. So it is what it is. But I, we're going to get a season done here, one way or the other. I, I we only have the one outbreak was with one team. That's right. the thing about all that we know. Yeah, and it's a pretty big one, by the way. The outbreak of over twenty players and executives or, or coaches, but thankfully, because most of the teams have adhered to what they're supposed to adhere to, we haven't had any other outbreaks. Uh, you know, we've been hearing the rumors there could possibly be an 18th week, maybe even a 19th yeah. week, depending on what happens. Um, is that becoming more and more feasible? They're talking about not only extending the regular season, pushing back the playoffs, and maybe pushing back the Super Bowl into late February now. They really, Derek, they don't want to do it the way he's explained to me a couple of weeks ago because I thought okay. I'd start thinking about it. If this stuff happened, if we had several outbreaks where it became so ridiculous, like think about it. If it got really bad in a bunch of buildings, when you're putting out a lot of bad football, league yep. doesn't want that. But because we only have the one team that's been imp impacted, the Titans clearly have been impacted uh, based sure. on who's going to be available. Get this down the line. The league does not want to do this. They, they've got TV considerations. Off-season scheduling considerations, mm -hmm. though, you can always push back if you need to. But that's the last thing that they want to do. I've been pretty steadfast when I've been asked about it, that it's the last thing the league will want to do. And as you know, Derek, from covering this league for decades, they're the they're the last to move something or to do something yep. until their back is against the wall. Yep. And I, But I do give them credit for the, the COVID protocols. They're pretty darn strong. I mean, talking to coaches as we have, I mean, I've had coaches tell me, the only time they could take the, their mask off is either at a meal or in their office when there's nobody around. If there's someone in their office, mask goes on. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, 
Adam, I, I hate to do it because it's Monday, and we always like to try to be happy on a Monday, but we've got to talk about these Philadelphia Eagles, man. Um, and you and I follow this team closely. We pick this team apart week in and week out on various platforms that we do. And right now they're sitting at 1-3-1. and one. Did you ever think, and of course we have to take into consideration the multitude of injuries they've had, did you ever think we'd be sitting here talking about a 1-3-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles team? No, I had them at nine or 10 wins. I really did. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a struggle for them, Derek, to get there. What I underestimated is the cornerback position, the outside cornerback position opposite Darius Slay. I didn't realize it would be as struggle as it's been. Mm-hmm. I underestimated the level of play of the linebackers, which is very low. Unfortunately, it, it is what it is where, you know, we tell mm-hmm. the truth here. Yeah. Um, you're right about the injury situation. I underestimated the, Offensive line injuries, I did not be mm-hmm. think that would be this bad. The injuries have had a had an impact. The the and I, I did also need to mention the issues at receiver. Alshon Jeffrey, I reported on our show Inside the Birds that Jeffrey would not be put on the PUP list to start the season. I put that out in mid-August. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, like the Eagles did, he'd be back by now. For the life yeah. of me, I don't know why he's not back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I underestimated Deshaun Jackson, despite his very strong workout regimen and, and his personal trainer would get him into shape. I, I underestimated the fact that he would have yet another soft tissue injury, which is a hamstring injury. Yeah. Things you can't account for, but it's almost like you try to plan them in when you project what the team would look like as you were talking here. I just didn't quite see the level of str- the struggles that they'd have. And some, un- some players have not played quite as well as we thought they would. Mm. All right. Everybody wants to run the franchise quarterback out of town. Um, He's played better the last couple of weeks. Not great, but better. Give me your overall assessment of what you've seen for Carson with Carson Wentz this season. And and, and what do you like and what don't you like? What has shocked you about his overall play? Yeah, the shocking part uh, slash surprising is him holding on to the ball for as long as he has. I know sometimes he always tries to make the big play on yeah. the show that I do with my partner, Jeff Mosher. We've talked about for like a year, year and a half about just let your pass targets, your receivers and tight ends get catch the football. Don't worry about if you're playing with backups. Well, the funny thing is if you fast forward to the week five loss at Pittsburgh, well, he sure trusted Travis Fulgham. Yeah. A guy that was claimed off waivers from the Packers. So that's the thing that surprised me when Carson was really struggling. It was his unwillingness to pull the trigger. Just really, I, I did not see that coming. Uh, we, we, we saw some of this last year. And then the final quarter of the season when he put the team on his back, I mean, he really played well with a bunch of guys who were not on the opening day roster. So I think that's the part about his game, which surprised me about Ron Jaworski and Greg Cosell always talk about getting a clear picture, seeing it yeah. and hitting it. He wasn't doing that, and that's not like him. Now, I will tell you, in this game, this this past game against Pittsburgh, which was his best game of the season by far, yeah. for the most part, he was pulling the trigger. Uh, to Fulgham, obviously, especially. I don't quite understand the issue with Zach Ertz because we all know that he's very close to Zach, and people would always talk about how he over-targeted him. Well, that, that's not happening here. Uh, Ertz is not getting the ball enough. That's been puzzling, but it was good to see if you're evaluating the football team, particularly this one. Mm-hmm how well Wentz played in this game. He wasn't perfect. He wasn't great, but he was pretty good. And that, that was that was the one thing when you talk about Carson Wentz, he needed to bounce back and he needed to be more aggressive. And he was super aggressive in that game. 
You know, we heard the rumors that maybe there's some tension between Doug Peterson and Carson, Carson Wentz. Carson wants to do his own thing. Uh, Doug wants him to be a certain a certain way. Uh, but here's, here's the way I see it. And I've said this time and time again. I don't see Carson Wentz as a pocket passer. I think you have to let his athleticism be a significant part of his game. And when he's outside of that pocket, you're freezing the outside containment. You're freezing that outside linebacker. You're freezing the safety. It gives him that ability and that leeway to either find that open guy and extra two or three seconds he's patting the ball or take off and run and use that athleticism like a Deshaun Watson, like a Patrick Mahomes, and like a Lamar Jackson. The Niner game, their, their win on the road, they had once, in fact, that Peterson gave away the game plan in his press conference. He actually said they were going to do it, and they did it. Yep. They got it done. You know, in this game, I, I didn't chart the amount of times he was in the pocket, but, you know, overall, for the most part, he's pretty accurate. And there's the throw, somebody told me, to Fulgham for 30 yards downfield. Not only is his best throw of the season, one of the best throws he's made in the last two seasons. He was super aggressive. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Er, and it was interesting because you and I have covered these press conferences with Peterson since 16. Yeah. I, I mean, it was the most critical he had been of Wentz. He didn't have to say his name. He's like, we have to complete the passer. He used certain code words to know he was talking about Wentz. So, yeah, I, I think because – Coaches always believe they have the right game plan, though yep. I don't necessarily agree with that, but they do. They, they have better access to information than we do. And when the quarterback doesn't execute the game plan, it bothers them. And Peterson, in my opinion, based on watching his press conferences, it's funny that we're grading press conferences, but you asked me the question. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's I do believe that he was critical of Carson in his own way. You know, Doug, as you know, is amazingly positive, and that's why the, the players love him. But I, I do think that you, you nailed it. I think... I think Doug was frustrated, in my opinion, just mm-hmm. watching these press conferences of, hey, we're we're calling the play, execute the play. And as I said earlier here, there were plays that Carson was supposed to make. He was not making them in the first three weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned the name Zach Ertz, who had nine receiving yards against San Francisco, only six yards uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, 15 yards in two games for a guy who's supposed to be one of the elite tight ends in a game. Now, people saying, well, he's double teamed. Well, you know what? Travis Kelsey gets double teamed. George Kittle gets double teamed. You find a way to make plays. Do you think in some ways maybe Zach is checked out because of the money situation? I don't. I, I think I know Zach better than that, but something's not right here between him and Carson or maybe him, Carson, and Doug. Yeah, I don't think so. I I, I checked into that on uh, Monday morning just to get an opinion of people who know him really well. And no, yep. it's it's just a combination of okay, he's down in targets. Yeah, Goddard not. Got, I think Peterson's point of Goddard not being there is definitely true in terms of when Dallas Goddard's on the field, who's a better athlete than Zach. Zach's a better route runner, is obviously more accomplished. They're two different tight ends. When you're a defense, who are you going to cover? Because you can't cover both guys. You're not going to be able to double both guys. I think that's part of it. And plus, I don't think Carson, they're on our show Inside the Birds that Jeff and I do, we, we yep. pointed out several times when Zach was open for two touchdowns, at least this season so far, that Hurts didn't get the football. But that doesn't completely explain, as you you mentioned it, the yeah. last two weeks. It's kind of bizarre to me. But especially when they're not, they don't have Jackson and Jeffrey, you would think he would be more of a factor and this is not like Ertz and, and Wentz. I'm sure they'll get together. I'm sure they'll talk about it. And I'm sure Doug Peterson will address it and make sure he gets the ball more because now that Travis Fulgham, Derek, has had this kind of game, the target's on yeah. his back. Other guys now are going to have to get the ball just like Ertz is being over-targeted. Other guys should have gotten the football. You know, this guy, Travis Fulgham, he gets cut by the Detroit Lions on August 9th. He gets cut by Green Bay August 19th. And he gets cut by the Eagles on the last cutdown before uh, the regular season opens up. Okay, he has... 
the game-winning touchdown to San Francisco. All of a sudden, a 10-catch game. Who is this guy, Adam? Yeah, Travis Fulgham uh, was a guy that, uh, talking to the Lions, you know, he's a guy that didn't play football for a lot of his life. He was a basketball player, played in his athletic career. Football was the last thing he picked up. And a lot of athleticism, really interesting background. He wasn't born in this country, really high-character kid. But when you have players who didn't grow up with football, Jordan Mailata's going through the same thing, I'm mm-hmm. told. The sense of urgency to be great, though they want to be great, but they don't mm-hmm. know how to be great because they didn't live with the game growing up. Yep. It's a little bit of a different challenge. And I don't know that he had quite the urgency that he needed to have with the Lions for the time that he was there as a six-round pick and the time that he was with the the Packers only for a couple of weeks. Maybe maybe getting cut twice humbled him. Maybe who I can't I don't know this kid. Right. But I do know this. You can't teach length six, two and a half. Arms are abnormally long for a receiver. There's something like 33 and a half, I'm told, or 34-inch arms, which is well, Josh Sweat's arms, by the way, are 35. Right. You don't find receivers this long and athletic. And but the the chemistry that Derek that he's got with 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 Wentz is ridiculous. How does this happen? It's ridiculous. I know. It's just crazy. Like it's I, I can't. And as you just mentioned, it's a great point, which I totally forgot about. The Eagles actually cut him. Yeah. And he cleared yeah. waivers. Think about think about right now if they didn't have Travis Fulgham. <laughs> think about that. Oh my goodness. It's bad enough as it is. You're right. Now this kid is a rising star. I mean, he may get to a point where you say, Deshaun, who? Deshaun Jackson. Who who's that? Well, you know? okay, well, well, Jeffrey, it's going to impact because he's taking right now, he's their ex receiver. And Jackson's their Z. To me, Fulgham will take Jeffrey's job. I I don't think there's any way that Jeffrey, if this keeps up, Jeffrey's not starting. I mean, there's just no I way. I agree. I agree. And then you work him in behind him. And it's funny, someone reached out to us on Twitter on Sunday. What will happen when Rager comes back? They have eight receivers. Well, that's a great problem to have if your receivers coach and Aaron Moorhead or yeah. Doug Peterson. You'll figure it out. You'll dress six or five, and guys like Arthago Whiteside won't dress. And and um, that Watkins won't dress. I mean, it's not right. hard to figure that out. That's easy, but that's a great problem to have because they simply have not had enough healthy receivers, particularly the veterans. They need guys who've done it before. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I never thought I would be sitting here saying that the as we move forward, the Eagles' primary pass catchers could be Jalen Rager, John Hightower, Quez Watkins, Travis Fulgham. I, I never thought I would be sitting here saying that, but you know what? You find a diamond in the rough, and all of a sudden you polish it off, and look what you have, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. Hightower has been just okay. Um, obviously, the bomb that Wentz made an incredible throw yeah. went right through his hands. He actually didn't touch it, I, I don't think. It just went right through his hands. I know that was not an easy catch, but you have to catch it. At least you have to get your, your hands on it and then see what happens. But uh, the other thing is, just you know, as we circle back to the game, they got, yeah. they got to get Miles Sanders on track. I know he had an amazing touchdown run. He had a great. He made one guy miss, and it was a great call at the time. Surprising call, but they and I know that the Eagles' offensive line, particularly in the interior, the two guards are, are are not great run blockers. But man, they got to get him going here. And I know that Wentz had missed him a bunch of times in screen passes. The pass for the Bengals would would a touchdown. The crosser against the Niners might have been a touchdown, a big play. They they got to get him untracked a little bit more. See, I was going to ask you: Is he being under underutilized? Well, the the thing on Sunday, though, I mean, if you take away the long touchdown run, I mean, he's right. averaging about one point two yards per carry. Right. So I don't know. I'm I, I'm more about him in the pass game than the run game. You can't linebackers can't handle him. He's so no. explosive. See that that's the thing I, I would have liked to have seen, but. 
you know, you got to take baby steps with this offense. It's pretty impressive against such a great defense that they were able to move the ball like they did. That that definitely surprised me. I did not think they would have that type of success. Putting up nearly, I mean, they had they had twenty nine points. That 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 to me is really impressive against a great defense. And see here another week where the team is in this game, but a mistake, one critical critical mistake, cost them. And how in the world does Jim Schwartz allow Nate Gary? to cover this kid Claypool after the game Claypool was having against him already. Yeah, I was told they were in quarters cover coverage. It's a particular coverage where you you have an area and now you could ask yourself why is he on the field now? Always remember Nate Gary despite the fans criticism and a lot of people in the media Ken Flagel the linebackers coach, it's like his own son. He loves this kid. Yeah. For hella high water, this kid's going to be on the field. He's a nickel linebacker. The Eagles play a lot of nickel. They're basically a nickel defense. They don't play a lot of base. And he's a guy that's going to be on the field. It's just, I didn't put him on the field, but you have what you have. This is what I've been trying to explain to the fans who have been asking me, like ad nauseum. It's been a lot of social media. What can they do? I mean, you could have Alex Singleton in there. I mean, you could have him playing inside, but, or, or, you know, Riley got hurt in the game. Yep. But you don't have anyone else. It's like this is the thing where you don't have any veteran linebackers. And the other thing, I was talking to another team about this. If you look at the available free agents, none of them are good cover guys. Like people want out Alec Ogletree. Mm-hmm. Alec Ogletree is a one-down linebacker. He's just a he's a run guy. The Eagles don't need any run linebackers, any coverage linebackers. And the, the the Davion Taylor lack of development right now. This was this is not surprising. I'd said on our show uh, after he was drafted, he probably won't play this season. No, he's played on specials. I don't know that he'll have a player on defense this season. Right. Next year, though, Derek, he ought to be one of their top – if he's developing, he should be one of their top nickel linebackers. He's a coverage guy. That's why he was drafted. And see, that's why people on the outside looking in keep saying, why don't the Eagles go out and get this guy? Why don't they go out and get that guy? But the Eagles are in an unenviable situation where they don't have any money to get anybody. And you look at their cap situation for 2021, they're at 90 million over the cap. So what little they have right now, they're trying to use the offset that for next year. So next year could be worse than this year. Yeah. What they got to do though, is to do a better job of developing their players. Yes. That 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 the 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 issues with player development and I I've used this term and I think it's the best one that somebody gave me. I just keep using it because it's true. The, the sins of the 2017 draft, mm-hmm. the the miss on Sidney Jones, the miss on Rasul Douglas. Now I get the Douglas one. He didn't play well here. There's there's right. You know people want to get all on them because he's doing great for Carolina. Okay, that's mm-hmm. fine. But he didn't perform here. I I had no problem with that one. But the and I and I understand why Jones didn't develop. They missed on the football character part of it, the competitiveness part of it. There was no way you would know that. But the right. results were they missed. There's no denying that. That's a fact. Because they missed on those players. And I'll say this again: Avanti Max is not an outside corner. That was a mistake. Mm-hmm. I, don't, whoever, I don't know who made that decision. I'm sure Jim Schwartz had a hand in it. Avanti Max is not an outside corner. He's a nickel corner, a great mm-hmm. one, I think, potentially. But their calculated decision there had not worked for Avante got hurt. And, you know, it's all really coaches always tell you it's about how we use the player for them to be successful. Right. If they would have drafted one or signed an outside corner and had Maddox as their nickel, I think they're rolling right here, but they, 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 I think they missed there. And again, it was the missile on city Jones that played into it. Now, because they're in the worst division in pro football right now, they, they, they're still right there. It doesn't look good, but they're still right there. Give me your, evaluation if they can hold on 
help is coming back. You, you think Deshaun's eventually coming back. Jason Peters is coming back. Vinnie Curry's coming back. What this team potentially could do if these young receivers keep developing and they get some of these seasoned vets back to help stabilize things. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it that way because I think if – I want to answer it like this at the back end. I'm going to move to the front part. Okay. Jim Schwartz did a, did a phenomenal job against the Niners. They – I don't think this is one of his best games. Mosher and I have been pretty critical of him from, from our yep. sources. Yep. I get a lot of advanced work from other teams that are playing the Eagles. And they all, the teams say quite a bit about Jim's lack of pre-step and post-step disguise. He's starting to do a little bit. He's starting to do a little bit of it this year, but not, not enough. He's got to learn from what happened against Pittsburgh. I get that Pittsburgh's got great talent. That's not, mm-hmm. that's not what I mean. But why didn't it work? Ben Roethlisberger was getting the ball out quickly. Okay, they, they negated the Eagles' pass rush. Okay, you need to learn from that. He, he's got to do a better job here with the players that they're giving him. He doesn't control personnel, but he controls the way that you use your players. Um, he's got to do a better job. Peterson's got to do a better job of using Wentz the right way. Wentz has got to mm-hmm. play better. But I love that in this last game that the offense, despite all the issues at receiver, despite all their offensive line issues, 29 points against one of the NFL, arguably the NFL's best defense, that's really, you asked for what could be positive, what could be the upside. Sure. That's one of them right there. Like you said, when they get Jackson back, I'm a little bit befuddled here. Um, and I and I think I have the right information. He had a, I had reported he had a grade one hamstring strain. I was told for a receiver, it's a two-week injury. Well, two weeks exactly. is a lot. Yes. If he, ain't, if he ain't ready this week, I, I, I'm, I'm throwing up my hands. I just don't know. But, man, do they need him? If he could stay on the field, my projection for him right now doesn't look very good, but I said he'd play 12, somewhere around 12 games this season. Hell, if he could play 10 games, they're going to have a lot of explosive plays, get Jeffrey back because they need a veteran physical receiver. They're going to be back. As you said, if all these guys go come back, and we're now with Dak Prescott being out for the season, what a terrible injury. Yeah. I feel sorry, yeah. sorry for him. They've got, they've, by the way, they're really beaten up. Not quite as bad as the Eagles, though. The big mm-hmm. one they suffered is worse than any of the Eagles injuries at the quarterback. Yeah. Yep. I still think they can win it. I, I I do believe they could get eight. They have a pocket of games where it's mm-hmm. really good, then it gets hard again. Mm-hmm. I still think they could win eight games. Mm-hmm. Now, that's nothing to be proud about, to be eight, seven, and one. But you know what? We, you and I, we've studied Doug Peterson. His resiliency, yep. I, I've, I've had my criticisms of him, but I'll tell you what. This team, you can never question how hard they play for this guy. No question. And it's happened over the last couple of years. We see it time and time again. You know, you mentioned Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott, and my goodness, our prayers go out to him considering what he's been through in his young life. But when you look at the Dallas Cowboys in general, how surprised are you at how trash their defense is? Because I said in coming into the season, I thought on both sides of the football, they had the best overall talent in the division. I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the word for around the league was that Mike Nolan's defense, uh, the players, Mike Nolan's are decoder. Mike's a Pretty accomplished coach, but players sometimes have a hard time grasping the concepts. Okay. Uh, Spags had this issue with the Giants. Spies Bagnolo, who's now the Chiefs coordinator, he had this issue with the Giants the first half of their Super Bowl year. There were actually players coming out criticizing Spags. Then the second half of the year, they were phenomenal. You saw the first half of the Chiefs last year, terrible. Second half, much better. Super Bowl winner. So... I get it. The defense has been embarrassingly bad for the Cowboys, like and all the money they spent. Now they have mm-hmm. some injuries, but I would expect the defense to get better because Nolan's been around a long time. If it doesn't, it could get ugly there. Mm. Uh, and now you have Andy Dalton as their quarterback. Andy's you know, three million plus incentives. He's got a lot of football you know, in him. He's been a playoff quarterback. 
but not having Dak is going to be a problem. He's just not that he's Dak already offers with his athleticism, arm strength and leadership. And uh, he's just a really good quarterback and that's, that's mm-hmm. killer. But look, we saw, I never believed it. I still can't believe what Nick Foles did. And he, he's not starting a whole season for the Eagles. Like, right. Like, this kid's going to have to do for most of the season, but you never, right when you think a team can't do it, Nick Foles does it. So in a limited period of time, Andy Dalton is a good quarterback and yep. just, but they're not going to be the same. And that's why I think the Eagles have a real shot here to win a division. So the Philadelphia Eagles right now sitting at one, three and one, their next, next task is the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Do they have a chance against Baltimore on Sunday? They do. And the, I've watched every snap that the Ravens have take, taken this season. Mm-hmm. I love watching Lamar Jackson. He's so much fun to watch, but there's been a troubling trend with them and they don't get behind very much, but when they have in the playoffs, they've not played well and they got behind it. They, they, it's like they're so built to just run the ball and take your shot plays off of play action and all the all the different run schemes that they have. Sure. But when they get behind, they struggle. And you saw against the Chiefs, they had no idea what to do. In the playoffs, they've had no, no idea how to handle it. If the Eagles could get ahead of this team, make them throw, they just don't function very well. And they're not super great at receiver like the Steelers are. They're really mm-hmm. good at Mark, Mark Andrews. And the Eagles are terrible at covering the tight end. Mark Andrews is really good. The third rounder from a couple of years ago from Alabama. And uh, you're going to see Hollywood Brown, who is built like Deshaun Jackson, really, really small wide receiver, but super explosive. Was the first runner last year out of Oklahoma. But the Eagles actually match up better, I think, against Pittsburgh. But here's the problem. All the misdirection from Greg Roman, who, who the OC for the Ravens, who hails from Atlantic City. Yep. These linebackers from the Eagles, they got to be disciplined, man. Play by the rules that the coaches are giving you or you're going to get smoked. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, from the insider himself, Adam Kaplan. Adam, I can't thank you enough for taking time to stop by for Gun on One, the podcast. And, of course, everybody out there, thanks for listening as always. Uh, Of course, next week we'll be back right here again after the Eagles take on the Baltimore Ravens with another special guest. So until then, everybody out there, stay blessed. And more importantly, be a blessing to anybody you come in contact with. You have been locked on to Gun on One, the podcast. So long, everybody. of D-Gun Enterprises in Patterson Square Garden. Alvin Shabazian and Wes Pendleton are the executive producers on behalf of Patterson Square Garden. Lead producer is Derek Gunn. Associate producer is John McNeil. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Alvin Shabazian. Original music by Weatherman. For more information about the podcast, visit gunonone.com. And please, don't forget to subscribe and give us a positive rating if you're feeling the show. Thank you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, 
Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.